What's up everybody? It's Dan from Binder Boneyard coming at you from the shop office. Um, still working on some technical issues with the sound so decided to come back to the shop with this podcast to see if we can't nail down what's happening at home. Um, I'm also recording an Instagram live uh, right now so I may say some things that don't make any sense unless you saw it on Instagram as well. So, I uh, see a bunch of people picking up here. Um, today's podcast is going to be about the King of the Hammers trip and all the stuff that we went through on that trip. Um, but, you know, I like to start the podcast with um, appreciation. Thank you, everybody, for following, for liking, for subscribing, for the Patreon donations. Um, yes, you can go to Patreon. We have a page there. You can donate, you know, a dollar a month or whatever you feel like the podcast value brings you. Um, so I'm just super grateful. You know, we're almost at 9,000 Instagram followers now, which, um, I'm, I never would have thought got that high. Uh, but you know, just keep chugging away. And so, um, yeah, talk about the King of the Hammers trip. Uh, first of all, if you don't know what King of the Hammers is, it is a race in uh, Southern California or kind of Central Southern California uh, outside of Barstow. It is a Ultra 4 event, meaning that it is, you know, um, purpose-built high-end four-wheel drive desert cars they go fast they hit stuff fast rocks jumps whoops uh it's a, it's kind of been coined as the toughest one day race in the world um it is um i mean these guys break stuff that you would never imagine breaking in a million years in your own rig so um you know, uh, it's a fun event to go see. I like to go to them to um, keep my fabrication skills relevant. Um, you know, new ideas. These engineers are just pushing the limits all the time. And so, um, you know, to see what's new in the industry, because I don't have time to be online all day, every day, um, just looking at other people's pictures and things like that so it's nice to see engineering and in, in you know face to face in person and sometimes you even get to talk to the builders themselves um the fabricators and the engineers and it's really an interesting um time to go so not only is it a cool vacation with a lot of you know horsepower and race gas but it's also educational and i get to learn about what's going on so um yeah so if you were following along on social media you saw that uh i picked up the medium duty international truck uh it is a 1983 s um 1645 so it's um you know a what do you call it it's got a, like a 16,000 pound gvw it has the 6.9 uh idi diesel it's got uh, Clark five-speed 
uh, two-speed Eaton rear end, uh, and you know we did some upgrades to it. Um, we put on like 11R 22.5 tires instead of the 9R 22.5s that were on it so that we could actually get some road speed. So the truck will do 70 uh, when, you know, unloaded because it is a 6.9. So it's pretty down on power um, when it's loaded. But uh, empty, the thing, it'll do 70 on the highway and it keeps up with traffic pretty good. Um, but we were not making this trip empty. <laughs> we had the scout on the deck because we built a flatbed for it just before we left. Uh, so this, the truck scaled at 9,400 pounds, um, empty, about a half a tank of fuel with me in it. Um, so we put my crawler up on the deck of the truck which uh, the crawler is a 76 uh, Scout Traveler that's been super heavily modified. Uh, a lot of axle upgrades, uh, motor upgrades, um, you know, tube work, extensive tube work, um, and that kind of thing. So just, um, you know, it's set up for bashing in the rocks and not worrying about rubbing up against things and, you know, getting around the desert. So. It actually gets across the whoops pretty good. I mean, it's no trophy truck, but, uh, you know, we, we caught air a couple times and it was all right. So, um, yeah, so, so we had the scout on the trailer, I'm sorry, scout on the deck of the bed and the trailer, my 28 foot enclosed, um, it just had all of our camping gear in it because we had originally planned to pick up, um, another rig on the way back. So, um, we had, you know, I just put the scout on the trailer or on the deck of the truck cause it looked cool. Cause that's what I do. Um, but the trailer was empty. Uh, trailer still weighs about 4,000 pounds. So we, um, put the, uh, put all of our camping gear and everything and tools and all that in the trailer and took off. And, uh, you know, the, the truck does have a two speed rear end. I don't know how to shift a two-speed rear. Uh, the couple times I tried it, made some noises, and it was a little bit um, unnerving, to say the least. So we just left it in high range, and uh, which wasn't too bad, uh, really. But um, we headed out, and about 80 miles from the shop, we lost a water pump which was surprising because the truck was such a good runner. Um, it was a pipeline welder truck. They had been using it. It had been moved around quite a bit. Um, so it wasn't like it was some, you know, truck I pulled out of a field and then just, you know, ran it. No, this truck had been driven and had been used. It was a work truck. It had some service records. The filters had dates on them. Like it was, it was, um, you know, a functioning truck. So it's not like I just, threw something together and laughed, which is, I know, kind of a far cry from my normal move, but, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so people on Instagram, if you're just joining in, I'm recording a podcast at the same time. So, um, anyway, so we lost a water pump just outside of Chamolt, Oregon, and, um, we made the call 
I had a buddy that was following us in their Chevy. They had a Duramax and they had a camper and they ran to the parts store and got us a water pump for a 6.9, get to us at the rest area. Turns out there's slight differences between the Ford 6.9 and the International 6.9. Um, the water pump itself bolted up the same. The fan arrangement uh, and belt setup was different. So um, we had to uh, call in some favors at a truck place in Klamath Falls, which was closed because it was Saturday. But we had a guy that was very gracious and, and helpful and was able to get us a water pump after hours and then met my buddy in this Duramax halfway um, and to drop it off. So we lost about four hours in there um, while that debacle was going on. But, you know, if it wasn't for Steve and Ethan, I'd probably still be sitting there on the side of the road because um, Steve did the majority of the work. Uh, I helped where I could um, and Ethan did what he could too. So. Um, but we got the water pump changed at the rest area and kept going. And, um, you know, once we got into California, it was not too bad. We stopped, um, I can't remember where we stopped, spent the night, but we crashed a hotel somewhere along the way, um, somewhere on 99. I can't, I can't remember. And then, uh, we headed up um, the rest of the way the next day and we noticed that we started leaking some diesel out of the top of the motor and we traced it back to a leaky injector and uh, which was not a big deal um, we just loosened it up and then retightened it and it stopped leaking um, and then later on we found that one of the injector lines was leaking at the injection pump so again tighten that one up no more leaks um, we made it to uh, Johnson Valley, California, where the King of the Hammers race is, and uh, it was the truck did great again. It's slow, I mean, it pulled the grades at like 20 miles an hour on some of the big ones, but it probably would have gone a little faster had I known how to shift that two speed rear. Um, but I just I didn't, so we just suffered through, but it never got hot. We pulled to Hatchapi which for all people that aren't from the West Coast, the Tehachapi Pass is a long, long, steep grade that, you know, it eats a lot of rigs. And we, um, you know, we went up that thing in third gear at 33 miles an hour, just my foot buried, it, motor was on the governor the whole time. It took us about 48, 50 minutes to make that entire climb uh, at 33 miles an hour, full wood, mashed to the floor, screaming. That 6.9 was just like bouncing off itself. And uh, truck never got hot. Temperature gauge came up a little bit, fan clutch would kick in, it cooled right back down. And it was 70 something degrees. So for me to make that climb in an international loaded, that's the first time I've ever been able to make that climb and not overheat. Um, so that was, uh, you know, I was sold on that truck at that point. 
because that was going to be the the one test was how well that truck was going to climb those passes and other than being slow uh i i'm ecstatic with how it did uh and then the other side of that is coming down from those passes the uh trucks had amazing brakes the brakes on this thing it's four-wheel disc which you know i was surprised to see on an 83 but they um you know they work amazing uh four or two piston calipers they gotta be 14 or 16 inch rotors they're huge um so it was really really something else those brakes um better than any pickup i've ever towed with uh for sure by far um so again like i said i'm sold on the medium duty platform so um you know, so we get to the King of the Hammers, we unload, get camp set up, start um, wheeling around, just kind of getting our bearings. Uh, Blake, my friend Blake, was there, like I said, in the Duramax. They had brought a four-seater Razor, um, so they were bombing around the desert getting their bearings, and, um, you know, it was... It was fun. I mean, it was warm. It was nice. I mean, California, Southern California this time of year. I, you know what? <laughs> Say what you want about California. When the sun is shining on your face and you don't have to wear a hat like this, you know, you don't have to wear a stocking cap. It's pretty nice. And so we went out, we hit a couple of the short rock trails, just kind of, like I say, got our bearings started exploring Hammertown, which is a crazy, you know, vendor row after vendor row and food and all kinds of stuff. There was the monster trucks, and I don't mean big tired car crushers, I mean monster energy drinks. Um, they were there giving out monsters, uh, so I drank probably 30 monsters in seven days. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm sure my kidneys are still hurting from that one i don't know i don't listen to him anymore but um so yeah wheeled around and one of the days i think it was wednesday we started hearing this rumble that the um coming from the rear end of the scout especially when we were going fast in the desert and so we figured out that we were losing a wheel bearing uh, on the rear end because it is a dana 44 rear semi-float so it just has the one bearing um, that the shaft passes through it and that one bearing carries the weight of the truck and handles the rotation of the axle shaft so um so we lost that we were starting to lose that bearing and if you had followed along with the um big connie build you saw that we had a bearing failure in that a few weeks ago and it broke the axle so i was you know worried that we were going to have the same problem and somehow in the commotion of packing to leave we forgot to bring my spare rear axle which had a bearing brand new bearing pressed onto it already it would have been an easy switcheroo but we forgot it so i took the big truck empty which is torture by the way if you've ever driven a truck like that with no weight in it you might as well drive a forklift down the road because it is rough, it's jarring, it is, it's not fun at all. It needs, a truck like that needs 3,000 pounds on the deck just to be enjoyable. So, anyway, 
by hauled ass back to Barstow, bought wheel bearing, bought a seal, had to buy some tools because we didn't have quite the right thing to make it happen. And uh, then got back to town, or back to where the scout was, pulled the axle shaft, cut the bearing off, prepped it, put it back together, and uh, put it back in the scout. It only took a couple hours doing it in the dirt, you know, on the side of the, on the middle of the desert. But we fixed that. That was the only problem we had with the scout the whole weekend or whole week. Uh, we didn't break any axles otherwise. No drive shaft problems, no uh, electrical issues. The scout ran great on some of the hard trails. It was hot. It was, I shouldn't say hot. It was mid 70s one day, and we were pushing it pretty hard through the, um, through the rocks. Uh, on, I think we went up Sledgehammer, which was a hard, oh, it's a hard trail, um, but it, uh, you know, it did fine. It doesn't have a front locker and only has limited slips. So there was a pretty good size ledge undercut wall that we decided not to go up. Um, also because there were a bunch of broken Toyotas in the way and they were taking forever to clear their shit out. So we just decided to turn back around, but the scout did great. The, the rear mounted radiator did what it should. Um, we had put a Dana 300 in, um, and you know that worked appropriately as well so uh, you know the scout did great other than the bearing problem initially um, and all the the modifications that we had made earlier this winter it really paid off so um, so the scout was enjoyable to drive I didn't have to worry about a lot of stuff which is what you know you don't want to be stressed out on your vacation so it was nice to um, be able to know that we could get out and get back and, and not worry about much. Um, I did lose a hitch pin somewhere. We took the winch off the back to do something else and the pin didn't get put back where it was supposed to. It took off across the desert and lost the hitch pin, but that's all right. It was only a couple dollars. I just, when I ran to town to get the wheel bearing, I got, um, I got that pin as well, so it was all right. Um, and then, you know, after the race was over, we loaded up. Um, this time we put the Scout in the trailer uh, with all of our gear, and then the deck of the truck was empty because our next stop was going to be um, Nevada to pick up a Scout. So we headed out, stayed in uh, Pahrump, Nevada, on Saturday night. Um, Pahrump was where my grandpa was from. Well, I shouldn't say from. Where my grandpa lived up until he died. And uh, so I try to go through there every couple of years just to see how the town's grown and, and whatnot. And um, Pahrump always has some memories for me. But uh, yeah, so um, spent the night in Pahrump and then headed out, took um, 95 up through um, Goldfield and Tonopod, peeled off a Tonopod and went out um, kind of the back way around. I can't remember that highway. It was like 357 or something like that, where we went up into uh, um, Austin. Austin, Nevada is like 7,500 feet. It's, it was a hell of a climb. I think it was the biggest climb that we put the truck through 
uh, I shouldn't say biggest, it was the highest. It was short. It was short climb, but it was it. You know, like I said, 7,000 feet, 7,500 feet. So uh, I was pretty impressed. You know, that non turboed V8 diesel just chugging along. You know, like I said, just we just rested on the governor at 3,300 and then just go and it just kept going. Um, so then we get to Winnemucca, uh, or not Winnemucca, Battle Mountain. Stayed in Battle Mountain on Sunday night, picked up that little scout. Um, I don't know if you saw that little 800 parts truck. Um, and of course, those recoveries are never without their own drama. Um, <laughs> winched it on, started winching it on the truck, and the engine fell out the bottom. <laughs> Apparently, so I looked at it before we pulled it on, and I saw some yellow nylon rope holding up the back of the bell housing because there was no transmission. And I'm like, oh, that rope will probably hold it in there. Well, there were no bolts in the front motor mount section and that yellow nylon rope was 30 years old and if you know anything about old nylon rope, it does not hold up uh, to the elements. And we started winching that scout onto the back of the truck and <laughs> the engine just fell out the bottom. Just like, just stud, like straight out of the oil pan onto the ground. We're like, how are we going to get this thing off of, like, it's, I mean, even the, the 152s, they still weigh 500 pounds. So it's like, how are you going to get this thing out from underneath the scout? So we ended up finding a bunch of cinder blocks and boards and we like rigged up these ramps like you would when you were 10 years old for your bicycle. And we ended up winching the scout onto these elevated platforms that we made so that we could flop the 152 over and then drag it out with another pickup because there was another guy there helping us mark was there mark uh, hooked up to it with his pickup and drug the motor out from under the scout while it was up on its little platforms and then we were able to continue winching it on the back of the truck so once we got it on the back of the truck then it was uh it was fine so um, if you saw that, some pictures on the Instagram or wherever we, we've got this part scout now that we are blowing up. Um, so yeah, if you need 800 parts, let us know. But, um, and then after that, it was homeward bound up through, um, Orovada and, um, McDermott and into Burns. And if you've ever been that way, that is the loneliest place in the country it is um it's just nothing there that is it's it's 110 miles between gas stations and even then you know half the time the gas stations aren't open uh so yeah it was a long drive but uh we got back to the shop at about 8 30 on monday night and uh the truck did great uh we did Oh, we did get a trailer flat um, there outside of Pahrump. We stopped to take a pee and I could hear air whistling and one of the trailer tires had picked up a, um, a bolt or I think it was a bolt. Uh, so uh, we put the spare on and, and continued on and, and everything was fine after that. But, um, but yeah, I'm extremely impressed 
with the medium duty, um, the truck did great, handles the load fine. Uh, even fully loaded, like I said, with the scout in the trailer, my, my crawler in the trailer, all of our camping gear, parts, pieces, the 800 on the bed, and all of its parts, because it had like three transmissions in the bed of it. Um, we still scaled at 23,400. So we, um, you know, are still we're worth under the 26,000 pound weight limit. Uh, and the truck did 65 on the straight. The straight flats wide open, the truck will do 63 to 65. Um, it just takes forever to get there, but it does it. So I was extremely pleased with that. Um, and then, you know, like I said, the brakes were great. It handled the weight fine. It's just such a, a an easy feeling knowing, you know, when you pull in to get fuel and you can go touch all your wheel bearings, all your hubs, which is what you should do when you're towing anyways. Every time you stop, touch those hubs with the back of your hand so that if they're, you know, if you got a bearing going out, you can feel it. It'll be super hot. Um, and always use the back of your hand. There's a tech tip for everybody. When you're checking your bearings, use the back of your hand because if you grab the hub to, you know, like you just grab it and it's hot, you have a bearing failing, you will burn your hand and you will burn all of the skin off of your fingertips. I know that because that happened to me on our cross country trip a few years ago when I lost that wheel bearing in the black truck. I burned all of the skin off my fingertips on my left hand. So from now on, when you check your bearings, you always use the back of your hand. Um, yeah, burning the back of your hand sucks too, but not as much as burning the palm of your hand and then you can't ever touch anything. So. Um, but anyways, pulling into a station in this medium duty truck, knowing all the bearings were cool, you know, it's got massive U-joints, it carries gallons of gear oil in the axle, uh, you know, all that stuff. My trailer is rated for 14,000 pounds. I never get that heavy with it. So knowing that the truck was capable of that and the trailer was capable that we were far from exceeding the limits of either of them it's a very comforting feeling um because for all these years i've been pushing media uh, three-quarter ton trucks and light duty trailers to their limit you know if you've been following along with me on social media for any amount of time you will know that i break everything i blow up cummins engines everyone you know raves about these Cummins and I've gone through two of them now. Um, uh, you know, NV 4500s, I've gone through one just through wearing it out and I went through another one through a mechanical you know, drive shaft failure. Uh, that was my own fault, by the way. But, um, you know, so it's nice having this medium duty truck and this heavy trailer that I know I'm not wearing out. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to, you know, and like I said, to, making the truck trip in the truck that was meant to do that kind of thing is is also um you know it's just a peace of mind so anyway that is a recap of the king of the hammers adventure um so hopefully hopefully you learned something hopefully it was informative hopefully uh you thought it was good so anyway 
Uh, I'm going to call it a day now. So um, again, thanks for listening. And this has been Dan from Binder Boneyard.